Hello and welcome to this MedTech Insight and In Vivo interview with the present CEO and Chairman of BD, Becton Dickinson, Tom Poland. Tom succeeded Vince Forlenza as BD CEO in January 2020, since which time BD has been on a fast development pathway towards its BD 2025 strategy goals and fulfilling a range of ESG goals. I'm going to ask Tom um, about senior level management in the medtech industry and how it's changed, his views on opportunities ahead for BD, about healthcare industry and health delivery transformation, and what he likes about being a leader. So hello, Tom. Hi, Ashley. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much for your time. Um, Tom, what is uh, BD's role in the medtech industry? What are its aims and responsibilities as you, a top five global medtech company by sales, see them? Ashley, many people refer to BD as kind of the backbone of healthcare, which is probably what we're most known for. We make 45 billion medical devices every year, which is several fold, I think, by several fold makes us the largest manufacturer of, of medical devices in, in the world from a number of perspectives, which means we touch tremendous number of patients around the world. It's, we actually make seven medical devices per human on the planet every year and we our, our products are used in over 200 countries around the world if you look at a, a market such as the u.s 90 percent of anyone seeking health care in a hospital will be touched by our products um, and, and certainly the covid pandemic showed our, our reach in, in spades as we helped get people immunized we helped people get diagnosed and we helped Many, many people, the majority of people who ended up in the hospital were, were treated by our products. And so we have a major role in, in healthcare. We've had a major role in healthcare for more than 125 years. And, and we can talk in, in just a bit around how we're helping to transform healthcare as, as we go forward. Okay. Okay. So you came into the CEO role at BD in January 2020, having started at BD in the late 1990s, a COO and president succeeding Vince Forlenza as CEO. So big shoes to fill. Um, and you've since become chairman. Can you describe, Tom, the, the strategy that you pursued in these first two years? Um, is it one of continuity or is it one of a different approach? So we're, we're building off of a 125-year history of, of performance of the company. And so as, as, we, as I came into the role, we certainly saw that the next phase of BD was a natural evolution from where we had been, but it is an evolution. It's not continuing to do the, the same thing. If you look at the period just before I took over, we had gone through a tremendous transformation under Vince's leadership, going from $7 billion company um, and then buying CareFusion, buying Bard, and being uh, over a $15 billion company, so more than doubling our size in, in just seven years or so. Now, of course, with large-scale transformation and growing that fast, the company quickly becomes much more complex. Um, there's still a lot to integrate uh, and simplify in the organization. We had been focused inwardly in those that period of time as we were integrating uh, two large companies, driving synergies, and, and we had paused R&D investment during that period of time or incremental R&D investment as we were paying down debt. We'd gone up to 4.7 times leverage had come we're working on coming down and so as i took over the real focus was unleashing the power of this amazing organization that we had just built and so we focused right off the bat on continuing to strengthen our balance sheet and cash flow so that we could start accelerating our investments in r d and the, in the number of high growth markets that we had just gained access to 
both organically and inorganically. Um, focusing on moving the company into higher growth spaces, which is what forms the basis of our grow strategy. Simplifying the company, both simplifying our, our now very large manufacturing network, simplifying our portfolio, exiting areas of, of slower growth or non-strategic value like our diabetes care business, which we've spun into one of the world's largest pure play diabetes businesses or exiting specific um, product lines and, and, and products. And then empowering the organization to um, with a growth mindset, with a servant leadership approach and, and empowering the organization with new digital systems and tools to be able to operate a $20 billion company with excellence. And, uh, and that's, that's the journey we've been on is, is that grow, simplify, and empower strategy is what I had outlined coming into the role. And we've been executing it in a very focused way ever since. It's been our true north even during times like COVID. We never deviated from, from that strategy. Yeah. And then you came into the role in, in January 2020. COVID came pretty soon after. It, it could have eclipsed or obliterated a lot of the activity that you've just described. But I don't think by the sounds of it, you let it happen. And even so, BD grew, um, despite COVID, into this 20 billion company that you talked about and then reshaped itself, as you've said, um, among other things, with the spinning of diabetes care. So within BD, um, just referring to COVID, what specific legacy learnings from that period are you carrying forward into these hopefully more normal times ahead? So as you said, COVID hit in a little over 30 days into my tenure, and it was certainly not in a 30, 60, 90-day plan. You never plan for that. I think certainly the BD 2025 strategy was pressure-tested right out of the gates through that, and it's, it's held its course, and, and it's, it's doing very well as we're continuing to execute it today. I think in terms of, of learnings, so during the when the pandemic struck, we made very clear what our focus is needed to be as an organization. First is we need to keep our associates safe. It's 70% of our associates have come in every single day during the pandemic, um, during the peak of the pandemic, because they're in manufacturing, they're in our warehouses, they're on our frontline service teams. And so it was important that they needed to come into work because patients relied on those products that we make and we needed to keep them safe. So we made those goals very clear and, and deployed strategies to that. The second major area that we said very clear is we're going to rally all the resources of our 75,000 person company to help get people diagnosed, to help people get vaccinated, and to help make sure that um, those people who were, had to be admitted to the hospital for care had the products that they needed. And so we're really proud of that, that focus in that period of time allowed us to do things that we had never done before in our history. So as an example, we've been a leader in both molecular and rapid point of care testing um, for conditions like flu and strep, et cetera. We took those skills and capabilities and we were one of the first two companies anywhere to develop a rapid 15 minute point of care test. And we did that in 90 days. It normally takes us three years to develop a rapid test and get it to market. We did that in three months. And we, in a normal year, we would make 10 to 12 million rapid tests. We started making 10 to 12 million rapid tests a month very quickly after we launched that to help make sure that, and we've since made hundreds of millions of those tests to help diagnose people around the world on, on almost every continent, except for Antarctica. Um, at the same time, we've made over 2 billion additional syringes. So we've had 2 billion people around the world vaccinated for COVID with our syringes. So we've been a major part of getting the world vaccinated. And as I said, we also scale very dramatically 
products like pumps and fusion sets, catheters that were needed, including opening up new plants just for making IV sets, as an example, very long IV sets so that you can put the infusion pump out in the hallway. So when there's a shortage of PPE, nurses were having to go in and out of rooms and change PPE every time, um, and there wasn't that available. And so someone came up with the bright idea, let's make really long tubing that can go into the room and we can put these pumps and people can change the medications out in the hallway so people don't need to regown every time. Um, and so we opened up a whole new plant in record time just to help get those scaled up to the level that were needed. And so I think that that power of focus and what an organization can do when you rally all the capabilities in, in a, a few things that you really want to make happen and they're not goals just of the business, but their goals of the entire company and every asset that we have becomes at their disposal. Risks are taken off of our associates' plates and put on the backs of the, the senior leaders so that the, the teams can do what's best and not have to worry about failure, but they're focusing on success and that there's no negatives that come from trying new things at record paces. I think those were all lessons that we've often talked about since and that uh, we're, we're helping keep alive in the organization as we go forward because it'll benefit us for the long term. Yes, that's an Im impressive ability to bring together a lot of um, individual element elements, um, step up and show leadership, show leadership in the industry, which is something you'd expect to do. And that, that episode, COVID, that, that shone a, a strong stronger light on this industry where you do have a, a major leadership role. What kind of leader do you think you are? And what kind of leader do you want to be seen as in the industry? One of the things that we talk about at, at BD, um, from a, a, the way that we lead is from a servant leadership perspective. And, and certainly I seek to to, to, uh, to role model and be that in, in every day that I lead the organization. And that's the premise that right, leaders are at the bottom of the pyramid. When I came in, we, we took our traditional way that we describe our organization. We flipped it on its head. Right, I'm at the bottom. Of, of that pyramid and the customers are at the top. Our sales team is right below customers and right up, the, the manufacturing organization is up high. And then you, as you go down the, the pyramid to the base, you'll find the leaders. And I think that was a, it's been a really valuable way of, of rethinking our organization, even terminology. I remember when I first came in, very true of many large companies, you, leaders would, would talk about, developing a strategy and then cascading it down through the organization. And then everyone would complain that it never really got past the first one or two levels of an organization because nothing ever cascades down. It doesn't work that way. But I think the reverse model and servant leadership approaches is the right thinking where everything good happens above you. And the leader's job is, is a lot of work. You've got to push, 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 push until the very top of that, that uh, of the organization. The wheels are spinning there on the front line. And it's that mindset of we're here to serve the organization as leaders. We're here to support their success. If there's failures in the organization, it's the fault of leaders not having communicated effectively or supported folks with training or engaged in the right way with coaching. And so that's a way that I, I certainly look to lead as well as with a growth mindset, which is the, the fundamental premise that there's nothing that we can't do. There's just things we haven't done yet. Mm -hmm. And, and we approach that each and every day at, at BD with that mindset of there's nothing we can't do. There's just things we haven't done yet or that we haven't chosen to do. And we certainly approach innovation with that mindset. Um, and we've been very focused in three major areas of innovation since I've taken over, which is 
bringing new solutions for smart connected care, helping to enable the shift to new care settings and improving outcomes for patients with chronic disease. Okay, so yours is the opposite of a top-down uh, traditional management management structure and you're the facilitator um, of the success of all of your staff and the entire organization is, is how you see it. Is an interest interesting with a clear strategy with strategy articulated yeah. um, at, for the company, making sure that that's communicated, and then working with our organization to help make it happen. And then part of your strategy is, is embracing the new leadership needs and tools that are at your disposal in in all kinds of, of ways that weren't perhaps present ten years ago. Um, thinking, for example, of the green agenda that now is is front and center for you. Um, the diversity package, eliminating bias, and, and then the general new social responsibility agenda. Generally, these are things that leaders in five years ago didn't have to cope with. Now they're part of your remit as well. Absolutely. Uh, we're really pleased to have actually just opened up the, the first in our industry, the uh, BD Sustainable Medical Device Institute, which uh, we just can, just launched uh, a little over a month ago, and, and the whole purpose of that is, is it's a dedicated team of experts, of material scientists and environmental experts who are working with academics and, and startup companies and, and corporations around the world sourcing the latest sustainable materials and sterilization technologies, et cetera, to bring into the medical device industry and, and specifically to BD. But we've been doing a lot more in areas of diversity inclusion. You've seen our leadership team and our organization make great strides in the diversity of, of leaders that we have on board. The inclusiveness of thinking of probably one of the things I'm most proud of is um, when we did our voice of associates survey last year, we had improved in 95% of the metrics that we measure and the areas that we made the most progress on were those areas that we've been focused on around growth mindset, around servant leadership, around diversity and inclusion. And so we've got much more work to go, but we're making progress in the right way and then we're gonna keep at it. Excellent. So you mentioned back then, you mentioned um, innovation, the three areas that you're, you're, you're keenly focused on, um, integrating smart care and the digital agenda. Can you tell, give us a few words about how that's being overseen at BD? Sure. So every one of our, our business units has, uh, we have eight business units today. Every one of our business units, and they're spread across three segments, every one of our business units has specific programs um, related to smart connected care. That could be automation and robotics that are automating the pharmacy or um the microbiology laboratory or molecular testing. It could be AI platforms that are looking across our install base in, in health systems. We're connected to over 70% of all U.S. electronic medical records, as an example. And we have partnerships with firms like Microsoft that take data off of our systems and help make sense of it to, for clinicians to get the better outcomes, uh, reduce medication errors, or get test results faster to patients or, uh, or do so more accurately or to run a laboratory or a pharmacy with less staff, which is more important than ever in today's uh, environment where they're very hard to find. So you know, we believe the, the term digital health, right? It, it's a common vernacular. I often say that uh, 10 years from now, it'll just be health, healthcare, right? It's like banking. Most of the banking that we all do it is digital banking, right? We do it on our phones, we do it at an ATM, but no one calls it digital banking, it's just banking. And that will be health, right? Everything in healthcare will have, will have a digital connection. 
on it as we look forward. We're just in the early stages of making that happen. So probably another five years, maybe that, that tag will exist, and then I'm hopeful it'll just be healthcare. But uh, we've we've been investing very heavily in that. We have over 2,000 software engineers and data scientists in the company. As I said, every one of our business um, businesses have programs smartifying many of our devices or bringing new platforms that, that can help our customers, again, in automating processes or in improving outcomes through the use of digital tools. Okay. And, and the healthcare in the home, maybe in a similar time period, that will just be healthcare as well. But that's something that BD is focusing on. Absolutely. That's the second one of our, our, our transformative pillars. And those by the way, we chose those three areas of smart connected care, enabling care shift to new settings and improving chronic disease outcomes, because we see those as three irreversible trends that are going to be reshaping healthcare for the next 10 plus years. And you know, we, we have a long history of helping to reshape healthcare over 120 years. We were the first company who invented disposable medical devices, as an example, which helped eliminate the spread of things like reduce the spread of conditions like hepatitis and HIV, which would have been much greater if there weren't disposable medical devices or then helped actually in the diagnosis of pandemics in the past like TB or uh, HIV with some of the first diagnostic tests there or, or addressing healthcare worker safety. And each of those trends created new growth opportunities for BD. And so we see these three areas as not only helping to reshape the future of healthcare, but creating a great growth opportunity for BD as we reshape our portfolio and bring new innovations to market in, in those areas. When it comes to home, moving healthcare into the home or into the retail clinic, we, we see tremendous opportunities. We're investing in point of care diagnostics. We have a, a home test for COVID. We have clinical trials underway for COVID flu combination. We see things like strep testing moving into the home in the future as well. We have trials underway for uh, at-home blood collection, being able to collect blood yourself in the home. We would envision that happening at, at one day, probably starting in the retail clinics without a phlebotomist and then moving into a uh, being able to do yourself is, is our vision. Many other procedures or, or types of care that can be delivered in a hospital, for example, areas like urinary incontinence, being able to manage that in the home. We're developing solutions, sort of launch solutions that are helping to do that. Um, the whole idea of hospital at home is something that we talk a lot about. And many of the products that we sell in the hospital today, there's ways to optimize them so that they work better in the home setting. And so we're investing to do exactly that and to make sure that we're the leader in doing that across each of our areas of focus. Excellent. And I, and I want to ask you quickly about the, the outcomes piece that you talked about there. Outcomes is a the value-based agenda is something that we've seen a lot of companies taking hold of, taking ownership of. But BD is also able to take ownership of a portion of that as well. Could you just give us a few words about how that is, how you foresee that being integrated into, into BD's operations? Sure. So over the last many years, we've been investing very heavily in um, our healthcare economic uh, health outcomes research. So every business has HOR teams uh, that are built all the way back into our product development processes, looking at how we're develop which products we're developing, making sure that they actually have tangible economic outcomes and benefits for our patients and that we can clearly or, or, or the providers that we serve that we can clearly articulate those and, and generate evidence, preferably before launch. Often maybe we're not able to do that, but we as soon as they do launch, then we would make sure that we have studies underway to demonstrate that. It's it's critical. People aren't going to 
be successful if they're not able to clearly articulate the value that their products are providing for patients and providers. I'd say today we're investing more than ever, not only in products that are providing outcomes for patients, which we're certainly doing, but in many of our markets, we're seeing huge demand for automation solutions that help alleviate cost and labor availability burdens for providers. And so a good example of that is, is actually an acquisition that we just did last month um, of a pharmacy, the leader in pharmacy automation, which is helping to automate preparing all prescriptions um, for patients and where you can do that with much less uh, pharmacy time, allow them to focus on doing things like wellness checks or delivering vaccines and not having to count pills, uh, which is not allowing them to operate at the top of their license. Yeah. Um, and you can utilize them in new ways, which many retail places, you know, the CBS, the Walmarts, et cetera, are looking to have their pharmacists out in the front of the counter, engaging with patients, not in the back, yeah. counting medications, and we have technologies that can help automate that. But we're doing that in the laboratory. We're doing it in the pharmacy. We're doing it in other areas. And we see tremendous opportunity for that as we look ahead. Can you describe, and you talk about tuck-in acquisitions being important, can you describe where the gaps perhaps, uh, what gaps you want to fill at, um, at BD going forward, whether they're going to sure. be bolt-ons or whether you're going for something a little bit more ambitious than bolt-ons? Yeah. So we've done about 17 acquisitions um, in my tenure as, as CEO, all of those tuck-in acquisitions, and we have no plans to do anything other than tuck-in acquisitions. Um, we're fo focused on simplifying the company, and we're in a tremendous number of very attractive markets that uh, we really see our tuck-in strategies helping to reshape our portfolio into higher growth and, and higher impact products spaces. 80% um, of the tuck-ins that we've done fit into those transformative solution areas that I mentioned. So 80% of the tuck-ins that we've done to date are getting us deeper into smart connected care, bringing new solutions that help enable the care shift to the home or advance chronic disease outcomes. Um, the other 20% would be more in our durable core business, you know, next generation technologies around catheters or, or other areas such as that that are helping advance of what we call our durable core portfolio. So we're going to continue. I would expect with that mix, about 80% of the, the M&A that, that we do will be advancing our transformative solutions, those three areas mm -hmm. that I described, and continuing to reshape the portfolio into those those higher growth spaces. Okay. So everything you've described, Tom, shows that it, it's not necessarily a small company that uh, that can transition into into a different shape and for, and for higher success. Um, can I, uh, it's a long way off. Yeah, but I'll probably ask you this question a few more times in your career um, about the uh, your legacy, the Poland legacy, um, and how at this stage you'd want your achievements thus far to be considered by future managers coming into BD. You know, I, I think we are in a, in a tremendously exciting time where, as I said, through the 125-year history of BD, there's been a number of periods through history where we've been able to recognize trends in healthcare, where we have a specific opportunity and a tremendous opportunity to bring innovations to reshape healthcare aligned with those trends. And we really are very passionate and very excited about the opportunity for BD to play a role in transforming healthcare in smart connected care, bringing healthcare into new settings, um, create that backbone for the home, as an example, um, and improve chronic disease outcomes. And so I think we'll look back 
at a portfolio that that hopefully at the end of the tenure we'll say well, that's Speedy's durable core, kind of our core businesses: smart connected care and and new care settings and and chronic disease outcomes. And there's another wave that folks are looking at in the future. But that we've through doing that, we've shifted ourselves into higher growth spaces. Um, and we're a higher growth company. We've simplified the organization. We've taken time. We're spending a lot of effort on simplifying our portfolio and digitizing processes within the company so that we can move from being a $20 billion company to something even larger in the future, and that we have the backbone within the organization to build off of and make that robust. And, and this is the era where we're taking the time to do that, um, which will make us that much more effective for the next phases of, of the future. And we're, we're investing in the right talent and culture with the growth mindset and servant leadership that's going to pay off you know, for a long time to come. And you, you mentioned the the efforts that we're having in ESG um, from diversity inclusion to sustainability, that, that's our, that's contributing to our, our obligation and our role to improve our footprint on the planet and in society. But it's also helping us to attract and retain the best talent in, in the industry and from outside the industry. And that's, of course, when you, you, you ultimately leave an organization, whenever and hopefully that's still a ways to go, is... Uh, the number one thing you can leave behind is, is a team that can envision and, and redefine the future uh, after you leave. And so we're spending a lot of time on doing that as well. And that's a valuable competitive tool. Um, I found that all very interesting. Tom, thank you very much for making time to speak to uh, uh, MedTech Insight and Invivo. We'd very much like to monitor how you fulfill these opportunities as you describe them going forward. Um, Meantime, I'd just like to say thank you very much for your time and look forward to speaking to you again. Okay. Thank you, Ashley. Really enjoyed the discussion.